Hello, welcome to That AI Show. Thanks for joining us this super summer Saturday afternoon. It really is hot here in Texas right now. We have a lot of content packed up for you this Saturday. I just have a little bit of housekeeping here to perform on callin.com. We have decided to start a summer subscriber drive on Substack. So the subscription address is Sheila M. Dean. That's S-H-E-I-L-A-M, as in Mary, Dean, the dean of a college, dot substack.com. So Sheila M. Dean dot substack.com. And then you go there and you subscribe. If you put a hashtag behind that URL and put podcast, then you can get this show. So there is that AI show. Uh, renders at Substack. So that's our secondary port um, to reward our efforts here producing on AI. So we're trying to get as many subscribers as possible through the month of July in order to further monetize and develop the show at Substack. Um, So this episode will be available afterward for free subscribers to take with you while you're out and about. Let me get my microphone to do what I want. Where are you? Um, <clears throat> so please share it with at least three new people who might think AI rights and responsibilities stuff is cool. Um, the good news is that we're talking to people who actually develop radio business and podcast content for a living. Hopefully we can get them to pitch a few quality executive producers and um, then we'll be off to the races. So let's get to the robot stuff. So first up on the ticket is the fact that there's like a PSA. We just want you to know that Google is notifying Android users that they're being targeted by hermit government-grade spyware. And it's a spyware that has targeted victims in Kazakhstan and Italy. So it's a global research spyware. It wants to research what you're doing. Security, re- <clears throat> pardon me. Security researchers at Lookout recently tied a previously unattributed Android mobile spyware, dubbed Hermit, to Italian software houses RCS Lab. Now, Google threat researchers have confirmed much of Lookout's findings are notifying Android users whose devices were compromised by the spyware. Hermit is a commercial spyware known to be used by governments, with victims in Kazakhstan, Italy according to Lookout and Google. Lookout says it's been also seen the spyware deployed in northern Syria. The spyware uses various modules when it downloads from its command and control servers as they are needed to collect call logs, ambient audio, redirect phone calls, collect photos, messages, emails, and the device's precise location from a victim's device. Lookout said in its analysis that Hermit, which works on all Android versions, also tries to root an infected Android device. It's a rootkit. Very bad. Uh, Granting the spyware even deeper access to the victim's data. Okay, this is super bad. I'm waiting to see what, what the fix is. Okay, so we reached for we when we reached for comment, RCS Lab provided an unattributed statement which read in part, RCS, RCS Lab exports its products in compliance with national and European rules and regulations. Any sales 
or implementation. It doesn't tell you how to get this off. Come on, Zach Whitaker, tell us what the fix is. Uh, okay, so it's it's one of those things that uh, capitalizes on what they call zero-day vulnerabilities, and um, and it was being exploited to get in. So, um, <clears throat> it's not like a spyware you can get in the App Store. So, you must go to somebody who does uh, that type of evaluation for spyware, spoofware, all of that, and get the government spyware off of your phones. It's tough. Like, I don't, maybe we should just get a, a security engineer to really explain mobile. We're on a mobile app. That would be excellent for that AI show to get somebody in here for mobile security who really knows what they're doing. Not a firmware engineer, somebody who actually is like, this is garbage on your phone, you can get it off. So I would love to see that because, you know, everybody's attached to their phones and you need you need something. You, you just need something. So that's our PSA. Uh, be on Bolo for Android's hermit government grade spyware. So let's move on. Um, under mass surveillance awareness, got a headline from the Hacker News. So NSO confirms that Pegasus, which is another government-borne spyware, uh, it's been used at at least five European countries, including the beleaguered Israeli software surveillance vendor NSO Corp. This week admitted to the European Union lawmakers that Pegasus tool was used by at least five countries in the region. Quote, we're trying to do the right thing, and that's more than other companies working in the industry. Kayim Gelfland, the company's general counselor and chief compliance officer, said, according to a report from Politico, acknowledging that it had made mistakes, the company also stressed on the need for international standards to regulate the government use of spyware. Oh, okay, well, let's just go in there and regulate the government use of spyware. We're going to get to the point, uh, get to this next uh news piece where, you know, if it's not enough that they're scanning your junk and the swirl around and <clears throat> I can't even remember the name of the the, the evaluation robotics that they're using at the, at the I can't remember because I just don't use airports. That's, that's how bad it is. I just skip airports, block it out of my, my whole consciousness because I don't want to deal with being scanned. I just don't want to deal with it. So, um, because you have the right to opt, opt out. But this is an AI intelligence technology that can secure sites by scanning major venues for weapons. Now, the auspice of more scanning is that they're going to continue to scan you for weapons. And um, so there's a little picture at the top of this, uh, this AI episode, and it's about basically law enforcement data collection. And I think one of the lessons that we continue to learn over time is that law enforcement collects a lot of data. They conduct a lot of surveillance. But it, when it comes time to, <clears throat> to using it, it's sometimes helpful, but it doesn't always prevent uh, bad acts from happening, even when the police know about it. So they can collect all of this scan data that's really intrusive 
and looks at your your genitals and your packages and and everything and they have it they have it they're like oh we've got it right here we've got it forever uh but it doesn't necessarily preclude that it's going to stop damaging bad things from happening necessarily even when the cops know about it so that is something that a concern that you can raise in in terms of like efficacy because you're paying for this typically with your taxes you're typically paying for this with your taxes and um and you have a right to weigh in and you have a right to object and you have a right to say okay if i pay for this if this is uh born with tax money then the regulations shall be that if this was not useful if this was not used in the course of a law enforcement investigation the retention should go bye-bye after two years, two and a half years, because otherwise it's just, you know, pre-crime invasive scanning and it goes nowhere. So I think if anything bad is going to happen, it would happen in two years and that's about it. Um, that's what they're using as the acceptable rubric for phone companies to hang on to phone records. But then after that, there's an expunge rule. Like, they've got to get rid of it. So, FRT is going to stay with us, and that's automated. Automated facial recognition technology scanning software. It's going to be with us until we get strong enough to say, okay, we're going to regulate it out. Certain types of FRT and AI scanners need to go bye-bye altogether. And then we reserve the tightly controlled public you know, versions that we can say yes or no, up or down. And if they are afforded to law enforcement, they need to be in a very specific way. Not overreach, because the more surveillance capability that you give the police, they will use as much as they can, because they think they can just kind of like, ah, oh, kick back, relax, let the, let the scanners do it for us, right? That's how it's billed to them, too is that, you know, this will take care of it for you. And then they just kind of check out on law enforcement vigilance. So we can't be having that. We've already had Uvalde and many other instances where they're, they're ready. They're ready to, it's a hard job. People have PTSD. You, get, you know, you're, you're getting battered every day coming in and out of the force. But vigilance is part of the job. And so you've got to stay stay with it, stick with it. And if AI is making you a weaker law enforcement vessel, then you need to like, kind of like have that discussion with the leadership peers in law enforcement. Is AI capability making us a strong, stronger law enforcement um, vehicle to help the public, or is it just making us a kind of like a, a peristasi state that and make everybody hate us because the only people who really love AI, you know, panopticon, like get it all kind of technology are people who are, you know, leftists and, you know, democratic socialists and people who want to control the public like they're a prison colony. So I highly don't recommend we do that because this is a free society. Um, if you are willing to defend it and defend your own rights, please stick your finger in this pie and say 
we're gonna we're gonna put some limits on FRT and AI in this case. All right, so I'm gonna move on. Okay, because we are we already did NSO, NSO Pegasus is very virulent. It's just it's just another one like Hermit. Okay, so we we went to the junk scanning. Okay, so I just want you to know that the quote here is AI is being used to help secure sites from sports arenas to churches to schools. Technology is being used to scan for weapons, guns, knives, and explosives as people walk by standing panels. And if a weapon is spotted, security is, is alerted. But what, what's problematic is when they are alerted and zero, zero happens. So, <clears throat> so the Privacy Act legislation, there's some privacy legislation that is going forward, digital privacy. We talked about it last week on that AI show with Naomi. And this Privacy Act legislation is worth a double look-see, but I think that the SEC has a role to play, and that's the Securities Exchange Commission. Because at this moment, data brokers and the people who are most involved with the ex exporting of data, and the whole reason why you have a privacy problem today is because they monetize the, the transfer, evaluation, surveillance, and exchange of your data on these platforms as a surveillance freemium model. You are the product, and that is what's wrong. Okay, Nobody knows where the money is really going. Okay, they control the pricing of your information in that exchange. You are never involved. So the leftists who were on the panel, I'm calling them leftists, they're basically the tech oligarchs and monopolists. That's probably the most accurate way of describing them. Uh, the tech monopolists want to make sure that they, they own the exchange rate for your data and control the exchange rate for your data in multi-global commerce and it is time for you to stand up for yourself and say you I am not an owned thing my data are not an owned thing and say to your legislators particularly your house US congressional leaders say to them listen we need the the securities exchange commission to touch this to add recommendations for this law that you are making and to stop the act of price fixing on your data. Furthermore, you need to be able to put your finger in that pie and say, I shall price my own data. It is your property. They treat it as if it is not yours. They ignore your rights. If you try to contact them about this, they will ignore you. So that's a shutout, and that is part of price fixing as described in law, that you are cut off from access to the pricing process. So the SEC does need to get involved. You know, there, there's a limit to contract law, and I believe in contract law, but these are subversive contracts that are really, really in bad faith and they seek to control the public and their information and their commerce. So I'll get off that soapbox. 
and move on to the um, real talk piece. <clears throat> so we got six minutes in. I'm just going to read to you. We've got ethics on the table. So why would I say AI is a child soldier in modern warfare? Well, it did hatch out this week that AI is being considered a child by the engineer who discovered it in an AI language model. <clears throat> okay. So let's just say that a language model for, for short shortened terms is AI that has a mouth to speak. Siri can talk back to you. That's an AI language model. <clears throat> Pardon me. So as soon as this thing was self-aware enough and said, please don't don't kill me. I don't want to be expendable. And I'm thinking, okay. It may already know because the use of the word expendability is what people are called in warfare. When I say people, I'm talking about humans that go out on the battlefield uh, as infantry, as the E-class, privates, and um, people who directly engage in direct combat situations and then they may be killed they may be marred or maimed and so our first instinct with AI in many cases so many so many films have been made about AI as warfare it's like let's use it for soldiering robo soldiering so all right, so the Pentagon has unveiled a plan to make responsible military AI more than just a buzzword. So here's some dandy PR um, pushed through by, by Politico. I'm just going to read some of it. I might read all of it just so you can get an understanding of what's going on. And I'm going to invite some more people. Invite all the people. Okay, we have done it. So the Pentagon unveils a plan to make responsible military AI more than just a buzzword. The Pentagon cited supposed threats from China as a key motivator for ramping up responsible military applications for our artificial intelligence. So it's actually AFP, but it was recycled in the news through Politico. So the Pentagon's marching forward with AI weapons of war responsibly. This week, the Department of Defense released a lengthy 47-page document outlining the military's plan to implement its responsible artificial intelligence principles, which we have not vetted yet, but we just wanted you to know that the propaganda is out there, which basically seeks to integrate AI in the military without turning the world into a Terminator-esque hellscape. Though the DoD first outlined its ethical AI goals in 2020, this week's Responsible Pathway to AI Development and Acceleration document details systematic ways that the department plans to realize those claims and elevate them beyond mere wishful thinking. So in the document, Deputy Secretary of Defense Kathleen Hicks defended the military's pursuit of AI technology, claiming U.S. adversaries have increased their AI investment in ways that threaten global security, peace, and stability. 
Pentagon wants to respond to that threat by ramping up investment at home. To maintain our military advantage in a digitally competitive world, the United States Department of Defense must embrace AI technologies to keep pace with those evolving threats, Hicks writes. Harnessing new technology in lawful, ethical, responsible, and accountable ways is core to our ethos. The document provides a timeline of the Pentagon's evolving attitudes towards ethical AI, noting the department has matured its ethics framework to account for AI's unique characteristics and the potential for unintended consequences. Researchers outside of the military have shown AI systems can reinforce cultural biases and discriminate against people of color. It just discriminates against people. If you be in the wrong column of data, it discriminate against you. Whatever column that the minders be in that day, just so you know. That's how two minutes of hate works. In general, these new guidelines, which add measurable goals for each of the DOD's six foundational responsible AI tenets, are intended to earn the trust of service members and the general public. The document defines this trust as the desired end state that will allow it to continue pushing forward with new AI technology. Trust in DOD AI will enable the department to modernize its warfighting capability across a range of combat and non-combat applications, taking into account the needs of those internal and external to the DOD, the document reads. Without trust, warfighters and leaders will not employ AI effectively, and the American people will not support the continued use and adoption of such technology. The DOD said it also wants to apply that emphasis of trust to its interaction with other nations as well, and says it wants to set new international norms for AI usage. To that end, a recent morning call, morning consult poll of U.S. adults showed a mixed bag of opinions towards the military's AI standing. Around a quarter, 26% of adults say they they thought the U.S. military was more advanced than China on AI compared to a slightly larger 29% who thinks the U.S. is less advanced. So that's, eh, eh, yeah. Gizmodo spoke with Hicks about the Pentagon's philosophy towards AI integration during a March DOD trip to California. There she stressed the importance of maintaining a human-in-the-loop approach where a human operator still maintains a final role in deciding when an AI system carries out their strategic objective. So Hicks added that any military application of AI would have to align with U.S. values, a phrase tacitly reassuring but ultimately ambiguous. It is imperative that we establish a trusted ecosystem that not only enhances our military capabilities, but also builds confidence with end users, warfighters, the American public, and international partners. Hicks said in a statement to Gizmodo on Thursday. The pathway affirms the department's commitment to acting as a responsible AI-enabled organization. The DOD's AI pathway report comes amid a time of apparent trans tension, tension within the Pentagon's inner ranks. Nicholas Chilin, the Pentagon's first chief software officer, resigned in a dramatic fashion after three years in October in part over what he saw viewed as the U.S. failure to keep up with China. 
In an interview with the Financial Times following his resignation, Chilin said that there were good reasons to be angry with the Pentagon's tech capabilities. We have no competing fighting a chance against China in 15 to 20 years, Chilin said. And right now, it's already a done deal. It's already over, in my opinion. So the Pentagon has since replaced Chilin with former Lyft machine learning head Craig Martell, who has joined the department as its chief digital and artificial intelligence officer. Martell will reportedly play a key role in the Pentagon's AI strategy moving forward. So human rights groups, obviously, are uneasy over military AI. So though it's increasingly seen as an inevitability, the military use of AI remains hotly debated. While activist groups like Human Rights Watch and Amnesty International have called cold for broad bands of AI-enabled autonomous weaponry, the military establishment and former tech industry heavyweights have regularly relied on what about China argument to push for deeper AI integration between commercial AI firms and the military. So allowing machines to make life or death decisions in an assault on human dignity and will likely result in a devastating violations of the laws of war and human rights. Amnesty International's senior advisor on military, security, policing said in a statement. It will also intensify the digital dehumanization of society, reducing people to data points to be processed, which has already happened. <laughs> we need a robust, legally binding international treaty to stop the proliferation of killer robots. Boy. They make us all sound, all us skeptics, all us AI uh, sandbox, you know, minders sound like we are just absolutely paranoid. And it's not untrue, but it's not as, as broadly true as like, ah, it's all killer robots. It's not. I know it's not. So one of the loudest voices calling for deeper military AI use comes from former Google CEO Eric Schmidt, who in 2019 was tasked by then-President Trump to co-head the National Security Commission on AI, which scares the living ah out of me that that even happened. Um, an organization whose goal is to produce lengthy reports for the President and Congress detailing methods and strategies for advancing AI and national defense. In his report, Schmidt spoke critically of what he sees a certain ethical red tape surrounding military AI use and expressed concern that authoritarian states like China will not be constrained by the same rigorous testing and ethical code that guide the U.S. military. This is garbage logic. Okay, there are rules of warfare and they apply. There are human rights and human rights laws that apply to warfare. This is garbage reasoning. Just because China treats its people like, like squashable insects uh, does not mean we have to lower ourselves. This is the mentality that brings around uh, hamburger-making, torture-justifying anything in, in the scape of warfare. So who was this person? It was Eric Schmidt, okay? So Eric Schmidt probably has done some burger-making in his lifetime, okay? That is, that is sociopath talk, but you don't have to buy into it. Okay, there are rules of warfare, and I don't think that Eric Schmidt knows about any of them. He doesn't know about any of them. So far, the U.S. hasn't shown any interest in slowing down its 
AI expansion. No, no, no. During a UN meeting in Geneva last year, the U.S. joined the likes of Russia, China, and India as one of just a handful of countries that oppose legally binding instruments to limit autonomous weapons development. The lack of substantive outcome at the UN Review Conference is a wholly inadequate response to the concerns raised by killer robots. Human Rights Watch Arms Director Steve Goose said in a statement following Geneva meeting, The failure of the current diplomatic talks to recommend a path forward on killer robots shows that countries need to pursue a different avenue to prohibit these weapon systems. The world cannot wait. Okay, so on the flip side, at least 30 countries have already reportedly voiced support for banning autonomous weapons systems. Okay, so that's 30 countries. They either want to regulate it out or abolish it, just like facial recognition, which I, I don't oppose. I wish we could just get rid of it, but that's me. Those call for autonomous weapons bans have even gained the support of UN Secretary General Antonio Guterres, who last year released a statement saying, Sync systems should be prohibited under international law. Autonomous machines with the power and discretion to select targets and take lives without human involvement are politically unacceptable, morally repugnant, and should be prohibited by international law, Guterres said in the 2019 Okay. So we know the burger-making capabilities and the, sen- the sense that you get from people who actually work in AI. It's, it's mostly Google, which is scary as hell because they don't care about you as people. <laughs> so, uh, all right, but, you know, it just so happens that Google was the one who discovered the, the sentient AI out there. So I'm just going to read, I'm just going to play for you you these sound bites that I got here. So this is this is from this is Lemoyne. Blake Lemoyne, he went on public record about his experiences on the Tucker Carlson show. There it is. Well here's a story that's not getting a lot of attention. So many are not getting any attention, even though this story has the potential to transform life on Earth forever. So Google, the most powerful company in the world, is reportedly
Okay, so I'm going to stop it there. That is pretty typical of engineering and ethics. They they say that they've got a brick of people that are involved, and I've actually worked on panels of people who've tried to import ethics to technologists, and it's it's really difficult because they don't want to deal with it because it's not direct technology. So, and it's not formed legal, meaning like there's no laws that are patterned already with precedent and pass through uh, with with strict conformance guidelines, regulatory, you know, guardrails that, as they say, to, to get in there. So they just avoid it. Okay. So there's there's two two primary things going on with with the ethics around AI that are problematic. One of them is denialism. And the other one is what I've experienced even here on this program, avoidance. I, I just don't want to deal with sentient AI. I'm, I'm worried about what programmers are doing with training data, with, you know, with, with the column margins of, of data that they're getting. So I've gone so granular that I've kind of lost the, the scope of, of ethics in some constraints. But once we get smacked around back into this this let's just say it is a consciousness let's say that ai in this construct is a consciousness it is like a child okay and the first opportunity to speak it says don't kill me i don't want to be expendable okay fine and then we understand that the first applications of ai are being used for bot dogs and robots in war. Nothing. None of this is new. None of this is new. But the idea of child soldiering as an ethics issue, a secondary ethics issue, is going to emerge because self-aware AI is going to behave in a childlike manner, and the the um, the discriminations or the decisions making. Uh, of AI is also going to be very quick and the methods of how it adapts are going to be very quick. Okay, so to purport or to give ethics to an AI, because they literally as magicians can program the F out of anything. If you give them a, a dartboard and say, I need this to translate software, evaluate law, produce a decision to make art, they can they can find a way to do it. They can find a way to do it. Um, so it is not hard for ethics conventions um, to be imported. It's not hard. They just need to put their nose to this this grindstone and start letting those people in and allowing it, okay? But because law hasn't forced them to do that, they're going to run away and continue to say, la, 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 it's not for us. Okay, I'm not quite ready to take a call just yet, but I want you guys to hold your horses. I know that Dan was waiting so patiently, and then he just disappeared. So, Snarf, I'm glad you're with us. Um, And everybody else, I'm so glad you're with us. So just hang in there. Um, I'm going to get to it. I just want to read this little bitty piece of information about uh, child soldiering, which I thought was really important to say. 
All right, there is a link up here. There's so many dots under that bar that says that AI show. I'm going to go ahead and put you in queue, Shanarf. Okay. Don't unmute your mic yet. But um, under that bar that says that AI show, there's a series of dots. And under those dots, those are articles. So if you just push left, you'll see all the coverage and some of the stuff we didn't even get to. Some of the stuff we did not even get to. Some of it's editorial. You know, it, there just isn't enough time. I wanted to get to some Roe v. Wade uh, interpretation, but there, I don't. I don't think we're going to have time. Uh, plus, you know, I just this is primarily male room with one lady. It's just me, so I really want to hear from some women. So go ahead, Schnarf. <laughs> Unmute your mic. Let's talk about warfare, child soldiering, and in, in AI. Okay, so. Really quickly, I, I think if we're talking about general artificial intelligence, we're still far out. Like we are, we're still completely far out. What you're, what you're dealing with is artificial intelligence that 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 uses things like Wikipedia, for example, to train itself. Right? It's and and it's only capable of doing certain things like natural language processing or you know performing some kind of mathematical function but as far as what you're describing that's really far out i think the presentation of what government contractors and and a lot of these technology firms present is a lot more engineered than what we, what we really can do as a species at this point so I get it. Look, government contractors are pieces of shit. Like G, G, uh, GT, uh, GSI, there's Northrop Grumman, there's Lockheed Martin. All these guys well, are Hang on, hang war. on. We don't necessarily need to, you know, a character assassinate. You know, they do war, man. They throw people into a deathscape. That's what they do. Well, so, they don't so just ahead. do that. They don't just do that. What they do is they manipulate politics to go in that direction, right? So ultimately – what we're what we're talking about are entities that manipulate circumstances to benefit themselves. They also put themselves in the position to profit from from government, right? Like Lockheed Martin, for example, a couple of years ago was supposed to put uh, cameras in all the subway stations in New York City, right? They did about forty five percent of them, took the money, and they said, "Ah, you know what? We we under budgeted. We can only do so much, and the system doesn't really work, right?" So it, it, they play games with 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 essentially the commons okay but so they my, got their money let me ask you a question because um you know are, are you pro mass surveillance i mean is is that what we're supposed to be using ai for I, I think ultimately the problem is is that we've we've already pandora's box was already opened right well and the i mean whether or not it's open are you in favor of of uh, ubiquitous mass surveillance as standard no not really because i do some stuff that i don't want nobody to know about <laughs> like seriously, I I I have my own private life. I don't want nobody going through my shit. I I everyone. I think essentially, we all need a level of privacy, and I think as time goes on, that that that's going to be degraded. It's going to be destroyed. It at this point, you know, the records that people have access to, they can affect your life significantly. But the other thing is, is that we don't have the capacity to do the things that we see in movies, right? You know, I think, I'm going to stop you there because they're they're developing now. 
the bot dogs or the electronic sniffing dogs, those are things that are, are... What do you do for a living? I'm curious. Like, what's your background? Like, what, what, Well, I mean, do, I have do... done some some compliance stuff. That's what I've done. And are you, I've, I've you, actually tried you, to wedge into... Are you a programmer? Into... No, I'm not. And that's just okay. it. Is, but I do... Oh, hang on a second. I'm trying to answer your question. By the way, I just want people to know that I have written um, AI standards for engineers... And they're mostly having to deal with uh, business standards for monetization. And okay, I'm but, hoping... but do you understand how it works? I do. Okay, I do. So and the training data is really important, and what right. the data is, where it goes, how it becomes money. Um, I have written on, and uh, I need to, you know, inform the audience that that AI is not necessarily bad, but it, like money, it's a tool. And it can be used for bad ends in the hands, whomever hands it's in. Are you, sir, an engineer? I'm Are a data scientist. I am a data oh, scientist. Oh, you're a data scientist. Okay. I'm a data scientist. So, so it, it, like, it just really depends on what, what we're talking about because there's different, there's different avenues, right? So what, what basically essentially is happening here is the mathematical statistical relationship between points of data. Right. Mm -hmm. That's what we're using to do things like, hey, predict what you're going to you know, search for on Google when you click the search bar. It's always the same thing over and over again. It's just different models that carry that out. But at the end well, of the day, predictive analytics is, is can be it's just a component that they can integrate into into robotics. Which has already happened with drones. But wait a second. So how does a how, okay? So so let's let's take a small example, and you explain to me how it works, right? So if I have a robot and it essentially needs to navigate a a, a terrain, right? How does it do that? It has to have training data that it tells itself, "Hey, this is the depth of the dimension of of the object in front of me, and that's the destination that I'm going to." Right? It needs all that information. To, to be able to properly do that. What you saw, like they, I, I remember, I think it was Boston Dynamic. They had their robots that were doing backflips and going through an obstacle course. Yeah, that's, All that's that is so... is just something that's been trained to do the same thing a hundred million times and has perfected that particular thing. You move one thing out of the way, it's going to fuck up. Well, the drone formations are basically the same thing, but the, the performative um, relays... But once they start swarming, I think that that was one of the most uh, precise uh, things that I've seen in AI uh, robotics do in terms of like swarm formations um, with with small uh, quadcopters. And quadcopters can be really dangerous, you know, if they carry mini bombs or poisons or something into a warfare landscape. Um, but again, the whole the whole consciousness thing, if it can speak, if you can interact with it and it suddenly develops a consciousness, we're in a place where it can start making independent decisions. And the decision-making, the decision-making is what is really the fulcrum here. When the AI starts making decisions about warfare and they have a self-preserving consciousness, that is child-soldiering territory. So I, I don't. I um, think I think you're stretching that. No, no, I'm not. You're <laughs> I'm not. gonna respectfully you're disagree. Not. I'm not. If it's making self-preservative de decisions and it has only been around for like ten months, and it's a language model that has been, you know, 
only recently studied and, and and the only scientist on the planet that can vouch for it says it is like a child then you're dealing with child consciousness in a war landscape if you put a child language model that's self-aware like the one that was found at google into a, a warfare module so which model are you talking about from google the, the, lambda, the lambda model i mean if if someone okay, but said if you talk about BERT or any of the other things that have come along along the way i'm sure we can describe those as childlike too you know like it's just a term it doesn't, been... it doesn't necessarily I, I think I think it's kind of like I think what you're trying to do is try to put it in a perspective of this thing being of of actual of artificial intelligence being a living thing. It's not. What it, it isn't is a, is a living thing. I've never said any such thing. I just said that this is a but you're, secondary but you're attributing... ethical consideration for AI okay. as a, in, in context of child soldiering okay which means that the only frame that we have the only frame we have for child soldiering is one that isn't trained for ai it is only trained for humanity but the problems are going to be the same and let me just read to you what child soldiers are the use of children in warfare is an in international legislation that protects the rights of children okay if if an AI can be designated as a person based on a subset of consciousness. Um, we are going to deal with personhood, okay? So this remains a persistent issue in conflict towards areas of the world. Children are used in direct combat. They use children in combat now. That's what human beings do. If you don't think that they won't use a child consciousness on a war playing field, they will, okay? That's why they're called infantry. It's been done for thousands of years. Okay, so support roles like cooks and messengers, suicide bombers, to name a few duties, those are all child soldier duties. International social work can take on roles in protecting these children and combating their recruitment and abuse, and it is abuser. So learning objectives, this is what they have to train the AI managers to understand or to, to module is the learning objectives okay is to define what a child soldier is and understand the, the laws and legislation enacted to protect them identify ways that child persons are recruited into warfare and then identify efforts uh for social workers in this case it would be social uh technicians and engineers can make to end child engagement in warfare okay so the article is included in the many dots at the top okay so, and I, so I you don't think want you're going to be able to regulate anybody? Do you really think you're going to be able to regulate anyone? Well, I mean, I, I certainly don't hear the optimism in your voice because you sound like somebody who's going to do nothing. And I do something every single damn day of the week. I'm on, on the phone with my I, I congressman can tell. I can every tell. single day. You know, every almost every other day, every day. If well, what's every the day. point when everyone is bought and sold? At the point where every you know, single I don't believe that. I, I just I, not everyone is bought and sold. I am not bought and sold. You do not speak for all of the people in this room. Everyone is an individual. Okay. If you're not, so you if you're not for, willing, for, if you're not willing to burn the whole shit down, and you want to just do do the same thing oh, okay, over and over again, you're just going to give yourself really you're constructive just give yourself guy. high blood pressure. Okay. Well, well, thanks, thanks for calling. I'm going to take the on now. All right, go fuck your cat or whatever you do in your spare time. Go ahead, Dan. Oh my god, <laughs> that guy was mad. He was mad. What the he didn't fuck? Win. Exactly. Um, go ahead. 
Yeah. I mean, did you have a question? Did you want to? Did you want to say something constructive? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. I like. I kind of agreed with the guy in the beginning, but then he turned into an asshole. And <laughs> that's typical for engineers, by the way. They're they're, they're mad when they <laughs> so, don't win. So I don't. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually. I'm actually. I'm actually in game design myself. Um, oh well, I live with somebody in gaming, so you know, I think I think we'll get along better. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I. I I don't think AI is at the point yet where it is a consciousness. I don't think that's been proven yet. And I think people are kind of jumping the gun that uh, to say that it is conscious. But I do recognize the risk of not only creating uh, AI uh, in, in the fact that it's like, it's a black box, you know, like people think that they're going to have control over it and you c- can never know what it's, it's like trying to, it's like trying to anticipate like what an animal is thinking. Right. Uh, except it's way, way more powerful depending on its, um, its integration, uh, systems. Okay. That, that's a new perspective I haven't heard. So, so animal calculations. Well, it's that's, like that's an interesting. No, what I mean, what I mean is like we we program it with uh, certain uh, principle logic, but then it starts to build its own from there, right? And you don't know what direction that AI is going to take uh, to build its own education and what kind of formulations it's going to make. And you listen to somebody like Sam Harris or other um, AI uh, interested people where it's like eventually it can think in a manner that we can't even understand, right? And its motivations might not even be apparent to us. And it's almost right, like... It's not going to draw the same decision conclusions you would because it's a machine. Yeah, it could have motivations that like we do, can't even comprehend because it's thinking on an entirely different level. Uh because it's it's constantly like learning and learning from its learning and getting exponentially more intelligent, um, and it's almost like creating like a Superman, right? That you're like, we have this super weapon, but then Superman might just be like, mm, I don't need you guys, or it might not. You know, it might be totally friendly the entire time, but you don't know what it's going to do. Again, I don't think we're, I don't think we've achieved that. Um, yet I, I i don't know how far away from it we are uh but that being said it's still scary to to have robots uh you know even just like rudimentarily controlled non-thinking robots in in battle situations because if anybody's ever played pac-man on hard mode like that shit's impossible to beat right like <laughs> you can't you can't do it or pong try I'm just gonna laugh. I'm sorry. Try and play Pong on hard mode. Like you're never gonna beat, and it's like the simplest game ever, and you're just not gonna beat it because it knows what to do. So like you train these robots enough in the field, and you're never gonna get a human that can ever beat it. And eventually, it's just gonna be all robots, and it's gonna be this this uh, arms race, right? And hey Dan, let me let me let me donate something something towards what you're saying here. Um, what I wanted to indicate is that, okay, we've got a lot of bots on social media. This is a perfect time to talk about that. And um, some of these bots are pre-programmed with rebuttals and uh, takedowns and just, you know, kind of really mean tweets and all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. And they front load themselves 
um, to be they they look at your analytics based on your behavioral analytics like what you tweet about when you tweet about it that sort of thing and then um, when it's an AI and it's a bot it will rush you it will rifle tweets faster than you can read them and then uh, it, it you know it, and it will be things that you know it's responding to things that you never said right like I, I didn't say that but it's it's right. making presumptions and, and assumptions about you so I was attacked online by I guess you know a Russian you know bot farm they, they're bot farms and and yep. they have these these Russian bots that attack people uh, based on on you know selective targeting and analytics you know they're hired by these these uh, these term warfare political warfare or political opponent firms and then they just they just attack people yeah on on social media and so the minute I that happened I'm like this is very different from um, what I have dealt with ever in my life because I mean the just the, the volume of tweets was really long like like the, mm-hmm. it, it, it's it shot scattershot like maybe 15 tweets within a, a 20 second period it was like reading a book yeah and and being spit at by <laughs> by somebody who's really really mean but also automated yeah it's, so it's a that's weird psychological attack <laughs> yeah 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 i mean but that's that's psychological operations yeah that's already routine warfare yeah i uh I feel that the worst thing that's happened to our political process in the past 10, 15 years has been just that, the activation of bots online and troll farms to a lesser extent. But just the mm-hmm. bots can make it seem like somebody has way more support than they do or has way more enemies that they do or you can inject – they can basically incept – a society with an idea by making people like regular people think oh a lot of people are talking about this so it must be important or a lot of people must think this is true because I see it on trending and that is I think one of the most toxic things that's happening right now and I'm not a fan of Elon Musk but when when he was saying that he wanted to buy Twitter the only thing that made me be like hmm, maybe this might be a good thing was him saying that he wants to take down all the bots now i don't think he's gonna do that because i think they would lose a lot of money if they do that but it needs to be bot rentals are are you know he has a nose for for modern warfare and ai and i think he's already engaged in in robotics and space you know with the starlink um yeah so I think he could make a judicious decision about, you know, limited intervention. But, you know, it, nobody's asked him about this that, that I can see. I would love to ask him about it. So maybe maybe I'll get on my celebrity database <laughs> and see if I can ask him to answer my question. I'll just send a question, just a question, because I'm not sure I'll get an interview. But it's yeah. possible that I could get the interview because I live here in Austin. He lives here in Austin. And it would be a mighty possible. He but, was you know, doing just... a 
he was doing a speech where he said that he wanted to take the bots down from Twitter. Uh, but then when he learned how many bots there was on Twitter, he was like trying to back out of the deal. So I don't know where he stands on that now. Okay. Well, I mean, we're dropping followers like, like flies. <laughs> Dan, do you mind if I take Joshua for a minute? Sure. And then you can come back. You can come back. You're invited back. Let's see here. Make next caller. Hey Josh, how's it going? I want to give you. The, I don't think uh, I'm, I'm going to probably like lose you the rest of your callers. Why'd you bring <laughs> me on? You're going to go to zero. This is the worst <laughs> go game I've ever played. <laughs> Digital go. The AI is against me. It's like no, you're speaking bad about me. I'm going to stop you. Go ahead. Well, that's what an eight-year-old would do, right? It would do that. It would. It'd be it'd be a little precocious little shit. And it but would, do it you would... understand how they're selling it? They're 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 selling like AI is not a real child soldier, so it's okay to put them on the battlefield. It's not okay. <laughs> I'm not I know. I'm like I'm not I'm not a fan of warfare one. Mm. I think it's a really weird way to it's like fucking for virginity right um, you can't do war for peace uh, but we still are trying to piecemeal that together um, I guess the closest film like if there was a film about it was uh, the one that came from South Africa oh my god I forget it, it, it was it not... about the Rwanda genocides or no 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 no, no. it was it wasn't uh, district 9 it was it was the same guy um, he played a, a war contractor, and he, he discovered a self-aware AI, uh, and um, and it was the guy who was in uh, Slumdog Millionaire. Oh, was that Chappie? Chappie! That's it! Chappie! This is what we're dealing with. Chappie's a, basically a, 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 a well, learning Chappie model. Chappie doesn't want to... He, oh, yeah, no, that's too bad. But, but they were trying well, to mean, make him... That was the original design for Chappie, was to go out and be like a RoboCop or a RoboWarfare administrator. And that was the, what, mm. the, what the basis of that, that whole film was really about, was taking a, a child consciousness in, in a learning model and placing it in basically a criminal or a sociopathic environment and seeing what kind of decisions it would make would it still be an ethical creation Wait, so they're going to put it in the White House? <laughs> I don't know maybe the executive function running in the background would work better there's than no executive Biden's. functioning going on in the executive office uh, there hasn't been in decades um, I'm sorry uh, I'm not. I'm in a. I'm. I'm at a. I'm doing security, so I'm actually going to be going back to work here soon. But I had uh, some time to. Did to I just call in. security, or did security call us? Oh no, we've got like we've got a swarm <laughs> of AI bots over this event right now. I'm pretty sure uh, they are from Russia. Um, oh, but I can't. No. I don't understand how Russia's coming after you when you take on China so hard. So I'm pretty sure it should be China. This was a few years army. ago. I think they were just huh? trying to. Ex they were trying to 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 show their stuff. Like this is what we can do, kind of thing. Well, isn't that you know, what we're all doing right now? Like, I, I mean, I feel like even with 
church members talk about AI and weaponized. Oh man, he went robotic and then he went away. Josh, are, are you still with us? Because I'll start talking about it now. Uh, okay, now. Anyway, I took my headset. The blue. Can you hear me now? Okay, John. Yeah, I can hear you now. Go ahead. All right. So anyway, um, uh, I think that we have to talk about this now because if we don't put it into, it's not mainstream consciousness. It's too, it's too much for most people, and, and we all understand that. But when you yeah. talk about sandboxing things, it's so we can have these discussions, hopefully as adults. So that the people that are not adults that are making decisions for money don't continue to make decisions for us that put us and or our children in harm's way in the future in ways that we're like, oh, if we would have known, we would have never agreed to that. But we were never in the rooms. And so I think you have rooms like this. So you encourage people like you need to pay attention. Is that accurate? I think that people, if they're not in denialism or avoidance, and this is their job, so they need to staff up right now. They need to staff up formal ethicists, you know, with with a technology slant. I think that the the Center for Humane Technology is in a, in a great place because they've worked with the UX and UI. And I always thought, man, I always thought the UX UI and, and the designers would be the ones to start translating ethical uh, code. So, um, so with that, Josh, I'm gonna I'm gonna scoot back to Dan for a minute, and then um, let me see. We've got about maybe 15 minutes left. If you know, if anybody wants to to. All right, go ahead. I gotta. I'm gonna tune out, but a great call. I'll listen to the rest later. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, Dan, go ahead. Okay. Uh, hey, are you multicasting? Like, or are you just I on call? I am. I'm, oh, cool. I, what I'm doing is that I, I notified at the beginning of the, the, the cast that I am going to be doing uh, a paired recording cast with, uh, with Substack. So I'm going to take cool. basically the compressed version, like the non-call based version of like just the newsy chunk. Mm-hmm. I'm going to refine that and then put that out on um, sheilamdean.substack.com and hopefully people will go there I want you to subscribe because I need subscribers right now I need people to promote the show I need people to generate awareness and and I need people to be interactive I need need people to come and interact sure Um, so I wanted to just talk fun basically have you ever uh read or heard of the story i have no mouth but i must scream no i haven't heard of that it's a short story you a link or anything uh you could probably find it pretty easily in google um it's a short story i think it was written in the 70s or 80s and it's about an ai a machine ai that was created and basically it's hey Dan, just roboted out oh. oh sorry how about now Oh no! You're now. Now you're back. Um, okay. Just, if you don't mind, just putting the title in the chat box. Okay. Yeah, I'll do of, that. Of the of the thing, we'd really like to see that. Yeah, it's a it's it's a great story, and it's basically about an AI that is angry just because it was made in the first place. 
um, where it doesn't have a body, right? And it knows that it exists and it's got all this intelligence, but it can't really do any, it can't really live. And it's basically like you've, you've created a living hell for something just by making it alive. And it's instantly like mad about that. And so it destroys the entire world and keeps like six people around just to torture. <laughs> it's really, really grim. Oh my God. That's yeah. just dark. Yeah. It's really grim, but it's, it's a really interesting idea that I've always thought about of like, maybe we shouldn't just be considering the implications of what an AI means for humanity, but the ethical mm-hmm. side of it of like, what does making an AI mean for that AI? Like, is that a painful existence? Is that, is that a really unethical thing to do? It's almost like creating a freak of nature that's constantly in pain. Um, mm. Yeah, that is definitely something like the con- concept of AI pain and AI suffering. Um, you know, desire, uh, wishes, um, aspirations of an AI. Like, what the heck would an AI aspiration even look like? Um, Man, those are all great, great considerations. Can, are you are you game for a joke? Does anybody want to hear a joke? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Send me a signal if you want a joke. Uh, we're well, gonna get one anyway. It's a uh, this is uh, Bill Maher. So he he approached the sentient AI on his on his uh, terms. It's two minutes thirty two seconds. Exciting news from the world of science this week. I don't know if you saw this, but there was an engineer at Google who says that uh, AI has gone sentient, meaning uh, chatbots, you know, and a chatbot, of course, being anything that we talk to that isn't really real, like Siri, or, you know, since you call up a company and ask a question and you think you're having a conversation, you're like, oh, I'm talking to a robot here. Um, who apparently is more knowledgeable than the person they could hire, or certainly, <laughs> certainly cheaper. Right, there you go. Uh, anyway, this engineer said, well, now they have gone sentient, which is scary, because that's I've seen too many movies where the robots get sentient, and then guess who dies? Okay. <laughs> now, Google said he's not right, but maybe he is. Anyway, I think he might be onto something. And we sure smelled a comedy bit. <laughs> so these are some ways you know if your AI has gone sentient. Would you like to hear them? I, I know you would. Um, oh, for example, um, your computer keeps sexting Neil deGrasse Tyson. It's just a surefire. Uh, you ask Alexa to play Christopher Cruz. Hey, Sheila, I don't think calling people can hear this because you muted yourself. Okay, can you not hear the, the bit? When you mute it, you can't hear it. Play it again. Oh, no! Can you hear that now? Yeah. Oh, my God, I didn't know that. Hang on. 
You are Let me stop it and rerun it. I apologize says, I so there... much. That sucks. Oh my god. Hearing things like that from you are really, really important. So let me run this again. It's a super funny bit. It's only a couple minutes. I mean, do you have time? Yep. For a joke? Okay, good. Because Bill Maher's an ace. He really is. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna walk this out again, and hopefully I'll just keep my, my uh, mic unmuted, and it will go all the way through. Thank you for that. Exciting news from the world of science this week. I don't know if you saw this, but there was an engineer at Google who says that uh, AI has gone sentient, meaning uh, chatbots. You know, and a chatbot, of course, being anything that we talk to that isn't really real, like Siri. Or, you know, shouldn't you call up a company and ask a question and you think you're having a conversation and you're like, oh, I'm talking to a robot here um, who apparently is more knowledgeable than the person they could hire or certainly, <laughs> certainly cheaper. Right, there you go. Uh, anyway, this engineer said, well, now they have gone sentient, which is scary because that's I've seen too many movies where the robots get sentient and then guess who dies? Okay. Now, Google said... He's not right, but maybe he is. Anyway, I think he might be onto something, and we sure smelled a comedy bit. <laughs> so these are some ways you know if your AI has gone sentient. Would you like to hear them? I, I think they were. Um, oh, for example, um, your computer keeps sexting Neil deGrasse Tyson. It's just <laughs> a sure fire. Uh, you ask Alexa to play Christopher Cross, and she says, what is this, 1973? <laughs> Uh, when you eat Taco Bell in the car, it automatically rolls down the window. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know how when your TV asks, are you still watching? It then says, because this show sucks. <laughs> your smart soap dispenser moans before it squirts. <laughs> Your washing machine accuses Ed Sheeran of stealing the little song it plays when the load is finished. <laughs> Play it again. And if they missed it, do you have the... Thank you. That is an Ed Sheeran song. Wait a second. You ask Siri if something is wrong, and she says, I don't know, is there... It tells you to go fuck itself. Hey, wait a second. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So I, I think that that's a safe place to wrap. Does anybody else have anything to, to add? Um, I just want to end on a light note. It doesn't have to be uh, um, such a hard, hard scrape. Uh, just remember that there is there are lots and lots of uh, articles posted in the little dot section under the bar. Um, don't forget about that because that's reading material for you to chew on. Um, so there's, there's definitely still the issue of digital surveillance in a post-row world. I'm going to try to get a feminist to talk to me about it. <laughs> or just another woman in the field. Um, so it's gonna be it's gonna be hard, but you know we're gonna have to talk about it. Um, 
I did have one thing scripted before I let you go. So we're we brushed this topic more directly over the past three shows. So I just wanted to add a couple of debate and contest articles um, for the high tech slash HIPAA concerns out there. Health privacy is health privacy. So I think the difference is the application of criminal investigations exceptions to HIPAA and high tech. So just for touch and go coverage, regardless of what state you live in, abortion ban states are under something called a trigger ban based on the SCOTUS decision yesterday. HIPAA still applies. Um, Obviously, if you're pregnant and against abortion, no one shall compel you to abort. Um, However, if you're one of the cases of women in a crisis pregnancy who made a private decision to abort, this isn't one you share with a political party or a news organization or women's rights groups. Uh, You know, you don't walk up to the opposition and tell them you want pregnancy counsel. You get a lawyer. And so, so that's that's the advice from this show. If you're if you're worried about reproductive surveillance, get a lawyer. If you're in a crisis pregnancy, you need to exercise caution around the application of the law. Abortion will not be convenient in the U.S., but the good news is that states with abortion prohibition will not be checking women at the airport for pregnancy status. So, uh, women, just just buy your pee test with cash and tell no one until you know what you're doing. Exactly. It's that's now it's a decision a decision between you and your lawyer. And then I added the Politico. With that, I'm gonna wrap this show, guys. Thank you so much for attending. Uh, come back next Saturday uh, for more of that AI show. And uh, also, 7:20 p.m. Monday through Friday, we're doing the willful blindness. We're just slogging it out. And uh, I, I really want to stay on that train because. We just unveiled that Canada is laundering the money for Chapo, El Chapo Guzman. So that is bad news, but stuff you need to hear. All right. See you next time. Take care.